All right, welcome, welcome to the Throws Genius Podcast. My name is Janine Kistner. I am uh, a woman who competes in the Highland Games, and I also have a background as a track and field thrower and a coach. Um, and something that has changed in the two months or so since the last time I published a, an episode of this podcast is that my account on TikTok has, had, I haven't blown up, but I've had a couple videos that have gone viral with several hundred thousand views and then lots of likes. And I don't know if one of them is going to hit a million views, but let's just say we, it is inching in that direction. So, and, and the number of followers that I have has dramatically increased. So, um, so yeah, so I wanted to talk about a couple of things today, that that being one of them. I also wanted to touch on two of the questions that I've received a number of times, one being how I got started in the Highland Games, and two being how someone else can get started in the Highland Games. So first, on TikTok, holy cow, like I, I had put some videos out there and gotten some decent views, but just it was like a little it was about a week and a half ago I just came on this idea of kind of trying to tap into the just trying to figure out what would really tap into the that the ability of videos to really go viral on TikTok and so I put up a video that was just simply a hammer throw and on I added some text to it that said you know all the top results for the hashtag Highland Games are men let's you know boost I can't remember exactly how I worded it but like let's you know boost up this video to show them that women can rock at the Highland Games too and so that I anticipated that that would get a little bit of a response but the response has absolutely blown me away I mean it has something over 700,000 views right now um, and, and, and many, many comments and likes, and it's like, it's kind of crazy, um, to me. So, and I have, I'm inching closer to, I've got over 8,500 followers right now too. And I'm sure this is going to be so out of date by the time anyone's listening to this. Um, but it's just, it's so crazy because, you know, I, I, I'd played around with it for a little bit. And like I said, and I hadn't really gotten any traction and I've, I had definitely been putting more, you know, emphasis into putting videos out, putting content out via Instagram, because that seems to be the place where most Highland Games athletes are really putting out a lot of content and engaging with people. And so I'd been trying to do that as well, but just, you know, would see my follower count just kind of like inch up. Um, I think I have something like 1200 followers there. Um, and so it's just really, it's really exciting to see that, you know, that there's, that what I'm putting out is, is resonating with people on TikTok. And it's been so cool. I've been able to connect with people like some, some of you might know, I helped my friend, um, I helped her edit a book. It's called Shadows on the Porch, a Cleveland memoir of survival and three generations of mental illness. Um, I helped, I edited her book and designed the cover and I was, I'd been trying to help her promote it. Um, but COVID kind of interrupted some of the, 
it made it made us cancel some of the events that we had scheduled or um you know postpone them indefinitely um and my job situation changed so i wasn't able to promote her book as much um and then i like hit on this idea like oh i've developed a bigger following and there's just the way that the tiktok algorithm works if something captures you know public attention you don't have to have a big account like one single video if the content um is strong enough to generate interest and engagement then one single post can go big um so i was like well let me make a really you know her book really tugs on your heartstrings and it's a really powerful book so let me post a video about that and it did i wouldn't say it did definitely didn't go viral but it got a lot of views and um and a bunch of people were very generous and like duetted the video and shared it and whatnot and so um, I don't have all the numbers back yet because um, her dashboard, the sales dashboard, doesn't fully update, doesn't post the sales until the book actually ships. But there definitely has been an uptick in sales and a lot of people have said that they've, they've bought the book and they're excited to receive it. Point of all of that being though, one of my followers who I had no connection with other than TikTok and her seeing my Highland Game stuff, she was one of the first people who purchased the book um, and she just had such like glowing, kind things to say about it. And it was just, it was just so, 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 that was so, so gratifying. Um, and I feel like I, as an aside as well, I feel like one of the things that differentiates TikTok from some of the other forms of social media is that people just seem to be incredibly generous. It's very, um, I was going to say like democratic, but it's like, like you don't have to be you don't have to be good looking you don't have to be famous you don't have to you know there's there's you just have to be able to create something that taps into something that people like and so I've posted stuff where you know like I've got a blemish on my face that's very you know obvious or like my hair is crazy or you know whatever like stuff that I would never think to put on Instagram because that is so much more of a curated and polished and filtered expression of people whereas here you know when I'm putting stuff together for TikTok the focus is so much more on on editing the content and the timing of clips and, you know, where you're putting your text and, you know, how you're timing music to it and that kind of stuff. Um, so I appreciate that because I feel like the value that I offer is not really like in how I look as much as what I can offer, um, on more of like an intellectual and entertainment level. So that's been, that's been super fun. Also, I did a live the other night and a guy came on whose two daughters train in the dance troupe that I was a part of when I was growing up. Like, crazy small world. And then also, and this sort of freaked me out a little bit, some of the kids that were in classes where I was a substitute teacher for a couple years ago, some of them found me on TikTok. And that just reminded me, oh, there are a lot of kids out there. And so I really wasn't putting out, I wasn't putting out anything like crazy, but I was like, okay, I need to keep this in mind that there are like preteens who are, oh, excuse me, who are on this app as well. So, so that's fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it has been interesting though. I, I am trying not to pay as much mind to it now. Um, and I honestly, I am not getting as many comments about it now as initially. Um, but there have been plenty of comments that I received where people are like, basically implying that I'm a man and not a woman. 
not implying or outright saying, basically outright saying it. Um, so, so that's, that's not fun. And there have been a few people who've been, seem to be triggered by what, just my existence. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that's the thing. Um, so I mostly just report them because that's, that's basically misgendering. That's basically harassment. So I just report them and I posted a couple like response videos and I got a really, it's interesting though, TikTok, um, their algorithm put a video across my for you page that was basically like saying how, um, responding to a mean comment with a, with a video reply is really escalating the, um, the conflict because you're taking a relatively poor means of communication in just the text form and responding with a very rich means of communication in a video response. And so, um, my kind of my, my intention was not necessarily to reply to the individual, but to use that function of a video comment, like a video response to more so like put it out there, like, Hey, here's, here's what's happening when somebody does this, like it's, it's misogyny and it's sexism, it's misgendering and it's not right. And you can have boundaries and report it. It doesn't make you soft to report stuff like that. Um, I think that the internet for far too long has been this place where people have said, you know, clung to like, oh, free speech. Um, but, but no, people still have to comply with the user agreements of these forums. And, and it's a private, it's, it's a very public facing, but it's a private space. So, so in that sense, I have no, no problems with calling people out for statements and, um, and, and responding to them. So, so that's one thing. Also something interesting that I've learned is like people's, people's frame of reference of, of like women in the hammer throw, like the, the only thing that they, that not the only thing, but I would say nearly close to 50% of the comments that I get are referring to the movie or the book Matilda. Um, and either like saying, Oh, the Trunchbull has been real quiet. Also people don't know how to spell Trunchbull. The, the creative spellings of it have just been off the wall, but referring to Matilda or the Trunchbull, I have gotten a few like comments about Merida and, and Brave, which is kind of neat. One about, um, what is it? Maid of Honor, that movie. And I got to go rewatch that to see where the Highland games are included in it. Um, but I think, but I think that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I've, I've connected with a few, a lot of people who are really big fans of the Highland games and a lot of people that are really sad that the games have been canceled, um, as a lot of us are as well. So yeah, so that, that is a little bit about TikTok. And so, yeah, so like I was saying, some of the questions that I've been getting have been like, how did I get my start? So I wanted to touch on that. So, um, I started throwing, well, let me back up. Before I even started throwing, I was a Highland dancer. Before that, I did like ballet and tap for like two years or so. And then I was at a, the Capital District Scottish Games in Altamont. My family went there many, many years. It was a big family tradition because my, on my mom's side were Irish and Scottish and German. Um, 
And so I was there with my mom and she asked me if I'd be interested in learning how to do the Irish or the Scottish dancing. And I said, oh, the Scottish dancing. I think about how much of my life would be different if I'd gone into the Irish instead of the Scottish dancing. So, um, so yeah, so then at that point I started taking Scottish dancing lessons and started competing. Um, and I did that for, I think seven or eight years. I did it for, for quite a while. Um, and then by the time I was, um, in eighth grade, you know, like not a lot of people had heard of the Highland games or whatnot. And a lot of, not a lot of people in my school, there was like one or two other students who did it, um, or had done it. Um, and I just felt like I really wanted to do something that more people had heard of and more people knew about when I was like, Oh, I do this thing. And they'd be like, Oh yeah, I know what that is. Instead of having to explain it every time. It's ironic now that I compete in the Highland games and have to explain to everybody basically every time I mention it, what it is. <laughs> but, um, so, but there were, so it was eighth grade and there were a couple, a couple other dancers in the same dance school that I was a part of that were also athletes and they like played soccer or something and, and a couple of them, but two of the ones that had outside interests, they got hurt like right around the same time. And it was related to running, like tripping and falling or spraining an ankle, something and so I was like, oh, I didn't want to tick off my teacher. So I was like, oh, I got to do a sport where I don't have to run, which in eighth grade, about the only sport that you can play where you don't have to run is that you can do track and you can throw shot put and discus. So that's what I did. And then um, I think the following year I stopped training in the dancing and I ended up just focusing on the throwing. Um, and I did that all the way through high school and then in college. And in college, I also learned how to do um hammer and weight throw. And then, you know, over the years after I'd graduated from undergrad, I kept on throwing on and off. Um, I ended up uh, in 2012, I could use my last year of college eligibility. Um, and I threw at Ashland University and there were a few, a few graduates or current athletes that had had tried or did while I was there tried, um, tried their hand at the Highland Games one Ashland grad, um, she was like a, Adrienne Wilson, she's like a five-time world champion, um, for the, in the women's Highland Games. So she's an absolute, absolute rock star and really, um, like, like earth, not earth shattering, groundbreaking, <laughs> that's the word, uh, groundbreaking for women in the Highland Games. Um, cause for years women were excluded from the sport. So I, I've been trying to think back when I was a dancer, if I remember ever seeing any women compete in the Highland games and I just don't really in the heavy athletics and I just don't really have a lot of memories of whether, you know, whether they were or were not included. I do remember one games, they had like a kid's area set up and I remember trying the sheaf toss and I was pretty, pretty bad at it from what I remember. The timing is really wonky until you get enough practice in, um, so yeah, so I guess technically I got my start in the Highland Games probably in like the early 90s, <laughs> if you can count that. No full competitions yet at that point though. So um, so yeah, so that so it was kind of like back on my radar that you know women women did compete in the Highland Games in the heavy athletics. That was back in like 2012. Um, so then um, then fast forward to like 2017, my son was one year old and I was looking to find something to get back into, um, you know, like athletically something to do. So I actually, I just signed up for a games. I found one in, it was not too far away from our, 
where we lived in Ohio. Um, and I ended up, I bought a used kilt off of somebody. Um, and so like, I just, I signed up and I just, I showed up, um, and I finished about middle of the pack, um, and felt a little overwhelmed by all the new stuff, but it also at the same time, um, had a blast and was very hungry to get better at it. So I did another games that fall and ended up winning that games, which was amazing. And that second games, that's where I turned my first caber. Um, and just those, I think the f- getting fueled by just that feeling of accomplishment and realizing like, oh, this, this maybe is something that I could be pretty good at. Um, just like fueled me. And then I, I, the rest is history. I signed up, I did competed in a bunch, a lot of games in 2018 and 2019. And I'm pretty lucky that here this year in 2020, even though, um, most things have been canceled, I think I'm still going to be able to get in close to nine or 10 games this calendar year, which is like all things considered. That's pretty, I'm pretty, very, very happy with that. Um, so yeah, so that's a little bit about how I got my start in the games. Oh, and I didn't, I didn't really get my own implements until later in 2018. I was mostly just showing up to the games and, and learning on the fly, um, when I was there. Um, and, and then lifting weights, that was pretty much, that was it, you know? Um, and that's, you know, another question I've gotten a number of times is how I train for it. And so, you know, in a normal year, I'd be throwing a couple times a week and lifting a couple times a week. Um, and as far as lifting, focusing on big, big movements for me, I do leg press cause that kind of protects my back from the back issues that I have. If I didn't have the issues that I've had, I have that I do have, I would be squatting, Um, then I do bench press and I'll do flat bench, um, with a barbell or I'll sometimes do dumbbell, uh, bench press, um, to mix things up. And then, you know, a whole variety of accessories, a lot of core, um, glutes. Um, and sometimes after a game, so the next day, uh, I will, I'll assess like, oh, here are the muscles where I'm sore. Maybe these are the things that I should be putting a little more time into when I'm training. So. So yeah, so that's a little bit about how I got started in the Highland Games and how I train for them. Um, And then as far as someone who wants to get started in the games, finding people in your area is really a a great thing to do. So there are a couple ways that I can think of that you can find them. Um, Number one is if you have a, a Highland Games in your area, try to figure out who the athletic director is. That's the person who runs the heavy events and reach out to them and see if they can point you in the right direction. Um, You can also search for, you know, Highland Games, heavy athletics. And if you're in a major city, maybe look that city name or the state and seeing if you can find any training groups that might have a website. Another way is to go onto the Clan Bacon website and look for um, training groups there, practice groups. They have them broken out by state. And even if there's not one very close to you, that contacting them and seeing if they can connect you with someone who's closer in your area so that you can get, you know, get your hands on the implements. Um, and then one other thing that comes to mind is the NASGA Facebook group. That's North American Scottish Games Association, N-A-S-G-A. And the name of the Facebook group is NASGA 
and then parentheses, North American Scottish Games, close parentheses. So those are some different ways that you can, um, you can find a way to get started in the games. Um, yeah. And as always, you can reach out to me, Janine at throwsgenius.com. Um, it's my email address if you have uh, follow-up questions. So yeah, so that's a little bit on how to get started. And I would say too, you know, if you have any sort of throwing background, you're ahead of the game for sure. Even if you, you know, hasn't been a long, if it hasn't been a while, if it has been a while since you threw, that's okay. Um, but having some background in like shot putter, discus or hammer can be very helpful just, or even softball, just knowing what throwing is, um, like what it's like to throw with power. Um, and, and then also like if you have a background where you have done any sort of weightlifting, that can be very helpful. Um, cause you know, strength is an, an important factor in how far you can throw. Um, as well as speed, speed is, is really important. Uh, you know, throwing is, is definitely on that speed power, uh, continuum way, way towards the speed and power side of things. Um, so yeah, so those are some things there that I would say. And I encourage, you know, encourage you if you haven't checked it out yet, my TikTok account is Janine Throws, just like all my other forms of social, social media. Um, you can find me there. Um, and anybody feel free to reach out if you have any other questions. Um, I am on my way right now to a Highland Games in New York. Um, so perhaps I will, uh, roll out another episode after that or add on to this episode. Haven't decided yet. Um, but yeah, I hope you all take care and I'll catch you on the flip side.